as almost two years ago, we uh, we lost um, quite a large sum of money and we're working on recouping it. Uh, we lost six hundred thousand dollars. And then now more recently, about a year ago, we've uh, been fighting to uh, get back another five hundred thousand. So all in right now, we're we're down one point one million dollars. Yo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of New Vida Let's Talk. Today we have a dynamic duo joining us, each bringing their unique flair to the world of entrepreneurship and investment. First up, we have Diana, a powerhouse in the real estate realm. As a savvy real estate investor, Airbnb wizard, and private lender, Diana has navigated the market with finesse. And alongside Diana is Dexter, a talented guitarist for Apogean, a Canadian death metal band that's been making waves in the music industry. But that's not the extent of Dexter's talents. He also too is an investor, a private lender, and seamlessly blends his passions for music with a keen on business sense. Thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks took for us having a, us. Took us a couple <laughs> tries to get that <laughs> intro correct. Happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. And um, how are you guys doing? How's your day going? How was the drive up? Really good. Yeah, we live pretty close by, so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Luckily, the weather is not as bad as last week, so. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And um, I kind of want to get into the how you guys met, because I feel like, you know, you guys are a couple <laughs> that are coming on to this. So I want to get the backstory of that first, and then we'll deep dive into each of you. <laughs> yeah. So we were actually door knocking for we had a job doing a HVAC and. Uh, oh, my God, it's, it's actually kind of funny. So Dexter started before I did, maybe like a month before. So I was like young, you know, summer job. Let's go get that Canadian experience. So I get the job. And I think on day two, we were eating in the food court because it's like that's where they bring all the door knockers. And Dex comes to me. He's like, oh, I'm Dexter. By the way, I'm not a manager here. I'm like, yeah, bud. Like, I I'm, I, I know my manager. Like, thank, thanks for telling me. It was like incredibly awkward, but like he was very charming. So and then I don't know, just one of those days we were just door knocking together and, you know, talked and stuff like that he walked me home and the rest is history so <laughs> what made you walk up there um i was a little <laughs> nervous um we well we worked together right so we, we we like spent a few days working together knocking on doors and things like that and i think a, a lot of I, I don't know i could be wrong about this but i feel like door knocking is a really good entry way to entrepreneurialism because um you have to kind of get out of your comfort zone and approach people and it's about building connections and making relationships with people and yeah anyway it was uh it was fun working with her and we we kind of hit it off and you know yeah we got along and that was about it would so. you say door knocking kind of is what opened both of your eyes to like uh like you know breaking the barrier of talking to people yes yeah it, it was very nerve-wracking because you're mm -hmm. approaching absolute strangers and they don't really like the fact that you're approaching their property or like you know you only have a few seconds to build a rapport and to yeah. kind of you know get past that nervousness and all that and yeah. Were you guys talkative before? Like, or were you guys very, like, reserved introvert, introverts? Um, I was an extrovert, actually. I, I was always very social, had a lot of, you know, friends and everything like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, same for me, but it's like English is not my first language. So for me to go into, like, a sales field, it was a bit, you know, just pushing that comfort zone and just having to knock on the door and stare at a person and be like, hi, I'm here to sell you your new furnace, I guess. Yeah. So it was like, it's very nerve wracking. But once you do the job for like a couple of days, you can literally talk to anybody. Like it, yeah. that whole barrier just breaks. You can chat on the phone. So, you know, 
the main thing too is we weren't really focusing on selling so much we were more <laughs> actually just making genuine connections meeting people making lots of friends um yeah we just we had a really fun time yeah, yeah. And, and we the, the whole thing is we weren't even selling we were literally just not even doing our job really if i'm being honest i was but, literally yeah i but, was literally having like barbecues with homers in the backyard they're just like yeah. oh like do you want some burgers i'm like sure and that was just like, like cracking beers thing. with people everything like that had a really yeah. good time and you know by sharing some information like some people if they're interested cool like no pressure just providing the info and then we we ended up getting some clients that way as well uh but it was mostly just about being ourselves and being goofs and having a fun time and yeah. So, so what happens after door knocking? Like, what, like, uh, do you guys start your media company or how does that go? Well, I was in school at a time, so I just finished my school and went to the corporate route, like you're supposed to. What did you do for unquote. school? Uh, I went to like a business. Uh, I had a business degree in like international business management. Sounds so fancy, but literally, like, it was like about everything. There wasn't anything specific. Like, we've studied finance, marketing, just about everything, like IT. So I went like the corporate route. I was like in investment banking for a while. Like, changed a few investment companies. Then worked for one of the major banks. Um, and then I don't know. I just discovered real estate. Discovered the fact that you don't actually have to have a corporate job to live a very comfortable life. So. That was kind of my story and yeah, yeah. same I, you know after this summer job i also had a corporate job for a while uh, i hated it it was awful and i think after that we were both very motivated to find ways to start our own businesses and to uh get into entrepreneurialism um and yeah i guess it's been almost three years now since we've left our jobs and since we uh, have been operating our own companies and working for ourselves and that's been great and uh, I mean, alongside of working the corporate job, I was also pursuing audio engineering and my bands and things like that. But then being able to do what I want to do full time has been a huge change in uh, in lifestyle and, you know, in dynamics. You really get what you put into it. Um, it's been great. It's been How long a- have you been involved in music, Dexter? My whole life. Okay. Yeah, I started I started music at a very young age. Uh, I started with piano when, when I was, uh, uh, you know, maybe like eight years old or so uh and then i picked up the guitar um yeah my whole life really studying it teaching playing in bands recording concerts everything so yeah and you you have a band uh right now right Apple yes Gen? yes and uh like how many people are in that band uh five including me yeah, yeah. so and, and, i'm sorry i was gonna say um i you guys on spotify you guys had a lot of streams last year right it was like fifty three thousand or something like that yeah yeah and it's growing uh pretty fast we have a record label in nashville tennessee uh we have a singer in richmond virginia who's also our manager um and yeah i mean it's a very niche genre it's a bit of an underground genre but we are doing pretty well within that subgenre. so it's uh yeah it's it's fun and when you guys quit your corporate job, um, like was it near the same time or like uh, did you do it first and then you did it? Like how, how did we that quit go? together? Yeah, we quit That's together. Pretty yeah. cool though. That's cool. But it was yeah. so stressful. I feel like for Dexter, it was like a, yep, I'm done. I'm quitting. Here's my resignation letter for me. I was like, I don't know. Is this the right move? Like it was so much fear involved in that. But I was so miserable at the same time. I was like just stressed out of like, I don't want to be here. It was around COVID times that we were just like working remotely. I was just sitting at my desk at home. I'm like, what am I doing with my life like i'm so like miserable i just want to enjoy life this is, is this really how my another 40 or so years are gonna look like and dex is like no like come on we just gotta like you know pull the plug let's go and we just did it at the same time and it was probably the best decision i've ever what made. was like your number one reason to do that then it was just it was uh well i think that time and health is your most valuable assets and 
in a job, like let's say a corporate job, especially I hated my job. So I felt like I was trading my time for a paycheck and I was like no amount of, you know, time and work and all that is worth it unless I'm doing what I enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, they make it very comfortable for you. Obviously you have regular paychecks, you have benefits, paid vacations, all that stuff. So that feeling of quitting the job is terrifying because you have that uncertainty, like how am I going to make my next paycheck? How am I going to survive and pay the bills, all that stuff. And uh, it's very scary. But I think the few people that are willing to take that risk are also the people who will discover um, that there is ways to make money and survive and be happy and kind of break out of the matrix, so to speak, you know, Uh, breaking the mold. Right. So that's that's uh, very, very important to me. And, you know, they say if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. Was there an inspiration that forced you to do that or pushed you to do that? Um, so Diana was my inspiration to get into the corporate world. And she was also my inspiration to get out of the corporate world (laughs) because I think when we first met, we were looking for some savings and some financial stability. And we were looking for a few things to just Mm -hmm. do like the regular thing that you do when you get out of school and this and that. And then, but Diana also really got into reading a lot of books and watching a lot of podcasts and watching a lot of YouTubers. And, and she learned so much about her background, which is, uh, you know, obviously finance, but now also real estate investing entrepreneurialism. And uh, for me, initially, a lot of that stuff, I'll admit, was secondhand knowledge. But I was really interested in the concept of, you know, again, breaking the mold, working for yourself, doing things um, on your own terms, but also being able to be lucrative and make money and all that. Right. So, yeah. And what kind of books were you reading at that time, like to kind of shift your mindset? The best book I've ever read is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure I'm not the only one to say this, but that book literally changed my life. Like I can attest to that because I was always, maybe it's a cultural thing. You're supposed to finish school, get a corporate job, you know, buy a house, like your standard, you know, rat race and stuff like that. And the second I read that book, I'm like, you know, I could do something different. Like I don't have to go the same pathway. Plus I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm, I was always the type of person getting a promotion, getting a new job every year, every two years, just always climbing, climbing, climbing. And I'm like, oh, you know, I just, I, I don't want to work for anybody. I don't have a boss. Like who likes being bossed around? Not me. <laughs> So I read that book and I'm like, oh, there's real estate investing. I'm like, okay, let me research it. So I just like Googled, uh, you know, on YouTube, there was like Matt McKeever's channel was very big at a time. I just soaked it all up. I was binge watching his content like hours on end while working. (laughs) So so, and that just kind of like opened the door to the whole real estate investing. And what made you take business in school? Um. It's a good question. So I always wanted to be a doctor for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not from Canada. So, you know, my parents What's, are doctors. What is your background? I'm Russian. Okay. So, yeah. So my parents are doctors. And like for the longest time, I'm like, I'm going to be a doctor as well. And because they wanted a better life for me, they're like, okay, you have to study elsewhere. So we were debating and we just settled on Canada. And I guess that's the only thing that was affordable at a time is mm-hmm. to go to like a, to get a business degree. Because obviously being a doctor in Canada, that's... You know, it's like a decade worth of work. Uh, I mean, working and studying all that stuff and just, you know, yeah. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to do business. Yeah. Also, there wasn't like any, like, I guess, like entrepreneurship at a young age where you wanted to like start your business. It kind of just like flowed that way or. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But now I'm kind of thinking back, like both of my parents have their own practices. <laughs> so I technically yeah, yeah, yeah. grew up in like a family of entrepreneurs, maybe without even realizing because yeah. I was always saying, oh, my parents are doctors. But now I'm thinking about it. Oh, they have successful businesses. So like, you know, I guess True. I was kind of looking up to them. 
And when I was still working my corporate job, kind of, oh, like I want my own business. And I was like so afraid to talk to them because I, I thought they're going to say, oh, like, no, like stay at your job, like all that stuff. And they're like, yeah, you should totally do it. Like, let's go. Like, oh, you know, cool. it's like my dad is always like uh, the type of guy he like researches cool ideas, something that's not been done before. He's like, have you thought about like starting, let's say, cleaning company? Have you thought about laundromat? Have you thought about this? Like storage? Yeah. Well, I'm like, whoa, like I got so much support. And I just felt good about it. You know, it's like when you have that family support to quit your corporate job, because not, uh, sorry to say this, but not a lot of families would be, you know, comfortable with something like this. Yeah. You you doing that. So I felt very good because like mm -hmm. my husband is on board, my family is on board. So why not? What about uh, you, yeah. Dexter? Like uh, in your inner circle, was there any like people who like were entrepreneurs that you kind of fed off? Or? Yeah. So so for me, it was actually a bit of the opposite. Uh, my parents had very stable jobs, very conservative and all that. And I think they wanted me to also work like a regular job and kind of regular nine to five lifestyle and all that. Um, so I didn't really have that much support. It was more something that came um, from internally, actually, that it was something that I wanted to do for myself. And, uh, you know, my, my story is a little bit different. Um, I was actually a high school dropout. So I was never, um, a, you know, that great of a student or anything like that. And I, I did construction for six years or so. And uh, I worked with uh, my older half brother and um, he's a pretty tough guy. And uh, it was hard. But, you know, I, I learned a lot about how people like what they were doing. They were doing flips. They were renovating houses. They obviously make like someone was making a lot of money from yeah. these projects. Yeah. And we were obviously more like the workers. Right. And at a pretty young age, I, uh, I mentioned, you know, around 16 when I was uh, when I dropped out of high school, I um, the money I made from construction, I decided to put a down payment on a house. So while everyone else was buying cars and all that, I bought a house for very cheap, um, put a down payment, paid it off over the course of about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And um, and then that house uh, originally was about like $250,000. Where again? Like what area? In Toronto. Crazy. <laughs> and then uh, a few years back, we, uh, I guess like four years ago, or almost four years well, ago. When we quit the job. When we quit yeah. the jobs, we sold it for 1.5 million. Wow. So uh, it was like kind of a slow path of just working really, really hard, multiple jobs my entire life and always grinding and hustling and all that. And then um, that equity that I had ended up being my big, my big kind of lucky break in the industry to get my foot in the door. Yeah. Um, but I've been an entrepreneur for a long time in a sense of my mindset because uh, pursuing bands, working as a recording engineer, working in studios, things like that. It's all something where I'm my own, I'm my own boss. I'm, I do it for mm. myself. Uh, I'm not, I don't really have, um, I'm not working for a company and nothing like that. I'm just doing it alone. Was there a reason you so, dropped out? Yeah, I, I didn't like, uh, well, back then I was really into skateboarding and snowboarding. Okay. And I was even semi-pro at snowboarding for a while. I was competing yeah. and I was teaching. And then I was also teaching uh, guitar as well as snowboarding. And I was making good money at it. Yeah. So I, if I'm being honest where it came from, I saw kind of like how my parents didn't love their job and how they spent so much of their life working so hard for that paycheck. And for me, I was like, well, you know, I would rather do things that I love, right? So skateboarding, snowboarding, music, that's just what I'm going to do. And I was stubborn. But I think that there's value in being stubborn sometimes because if you're determined and you work really hard, you can uh, overcome a lot of obstacles, right? So I feel like that's like kind of rare at a young age to be like that stubborn and firm with your beliefs. You know what I mean? Because like usually people want to comply with their parents. They want to make yeah. them happy. And you're just like, nope. Like, and yeah. you're against the odds. You're against yeah. your friends. You're against your family. It's a very independent path. Did you feel like any support during that transition? Or? Nope. No, okay. I, I struggled with a lot of uh, bullies. I had a very troubled past. I had uh, 
pretty violent past even um but uh but yeah you know it's i think the difference is that when i was growing up i was always kind of seeking validation mm. but once i gained skills and i got good at things that i do then i found that it was very very easy to meet people and to make friends and to grow my circle and my network and all that because uh because there's a level of respect based on what have you done right yeah. like what's what's the proof of work right yeah. like what's the portfolio and all that right so yeah uh, how long did it take you to actually overcome like yourself when you thought like I might not be the person that I need to be now, but as you developed your skills, you got to that point. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we're kind of back, you know, late teens, early twenties, but finding that confidence, right. Mm -hmm. That inner strength and confidence and all that, that was the big shifting point because uh, once you feel confident in what you're doing, you can overcome a lot. Right. Yeah. That was there any shift. point in your life I, where you kind of went through something similar where you had to find your own confidence? Honestly, I've been so lucky. Like, you know, it's I always had like excellent childhood. My parents were very supportive, but they were pretty strict with me. Like I have a younger brother. They were a lot more lenient <laughs> than with me. It's like I remember like, you know, stripping papers off my notepad and rewriting everything because it wasn't perfect. So it's like it was a lot of that perfectionism in my life, which mm. made me very competitive as a result. So I was always like, I have to get good grades. I have to be the perfect student. I have to be everything has to be perfect, which of course creates a lot of anxiety and stuff. So. For me, that whole transition from going the corporate route and the rat race, that's why I was so stressful because I'm like, okay, like I know there's a path built for me. There's so many people that have done that. You know, you just climb the corporate ladder, you become like whatever CEO, director and stuff like that. And here I am sitting like, okay, I want to be my own boss. Like, what am I doing? So it was scary, but just knowing that I have that support system behind me. Mm -hmm. It's like, no matter what happens, they're like, yeah, you know what? Like, at least try like whatever like you know it doesn't work out you always have that corporate route to fall back on which is of course like uh, i yeah. you know not for me but and that's the thing yeah. i think a lot of people forget is like you have a job to go back to if it yeah. doesn't work yeah out. Mm -hmm. like you can just apply anywhere like in and exactly if you're able to communicate well and you have like some set of skills you can get a job anywhere mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. after six months or four months people don't bet on themselves right yeah and when you're working for yourself there's really no safety net and the falls um they hit hard obviously yeah yeah what would you say has been like the toughest part for working yourself after like for so much years? Well, yeah. So on that topic, um, about two years ago, as it almost two years ago, we uh, we lost um, quite a large sum of money, and we're working on recouping it. Uh, we lost six hundred thousand dollars, and then now more recently, about a year ago, we've uh, been fighting to uh, get back another five hundred thousand. So all in. Right now we're we're down 1.1 million dollars so that's been just the financial hit has been really really hard uh and that that's been our biggest uh obstacle to date for sure has that been a struggle between both of you also yes yeah, yeah i put a big strain on our uh mm -hmm. for sure you just um the the term that comes to mind is mental gymnastics you know like not mm -hmm. being able to sleep being stressed out being uh depressed being angry yeah. things like that it's not you know it's not an easy, it, again, it's a very large sum of money and mm -hmm. it's uh, with two two different parties. Uh, one With one person, it's things are still good. We're on good terms. We're working it out. Things are amicable. With the other party, we're fighting. It's not it's not amicable. So, yeah. yeah. And these were two, uh, like, like uh, you guys were private lending? Yeah, yes, yeah, we were private lenders. Private on lending, real estate? Yes. Or? Yeah, it was like on yeah. the promissory note. The one was supposed to be for like an apartment building. Mm -hmm. The other one was just the promissory note to... Yeah one of the you know real estate people who mm -hmm. just constantly flips and stuff like that but on the relationship part it's been difficult 
um, but it's been also very helpful to have somebody there with you because there's a lot of times that I would have a very bad day like you just not feeling myself and Dex would be like you know what like we're doing things we're grinding things are happening for us and the opposite happens for him when he has a bad day I'm like you know what I'm here for you like yeah. we're in this together so you know what's the worst can happen right it's yeah that's that's very well said um sometimes obviously it being a horrible situation it kind of puts a fuel for us to work even harder to be even more successful because yeah. if we can make that money back again and then double it triple it quadruple it then that's more valuable than having lost it in the first place and it has actually strengthened our relationship as well because we are each other's support system we're uh there to motivate each other uh since then i i got uh into the gym every single day i got nice. in with a personal trainer um We've been, yeah, grinding even harder, hustling even harder. And, you know, there was a while there, private lending, it's all passive income. So we just have money coming in automatically. We don't have to do anything. So there was a while where we were a little bit complacent, where we were feeling we're kind of on cruise control, we're traveling, we're enjoying life, we're happy. And then, bam, this huge shift happens. And now we have to hustle and work even harder and grind uh, so, you know, now we're looking at a lot of big moves, like moving to the U.S. Um, Potentially, we're, yeah. We're working, you know, we want to move to Florida um we're you know, like restructuring our production company uh, yeah. i got my real estate license we're just like trying to get back on that track and production company is growing it's doing very well uh and you know now we do have excellent support system we do have a great network great friends uh so that story that i shared about when i was younger i mean i'm 38 now so a lot has changed since then things i have an amazing circle i have so many supportive friends uh I, I can't thank my circle enough. Like they're really there for us. You know, they have our back, everything like that. So it's been wonderful. It seems like yeah. you guys are excelling after that situation. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. sometimes, you know, you, you hear about, I, I believe, Alex Harmozy. Yeah. He lost like a lot. Yeah, he, I oh, think yeah. he yeah. lost in the past a lot of money yeah, as well. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, look at and, him now, right? Yeah, it propelled him to grind and to make even more money after and to be even more successful after. Yeah. Do you find going through that is why you guys are where you're at now? We were on that path regardless, okay. I think, because we were, yeah, we were really motivated. But um, to answer that question, though, I think we're even more motivated than uh, than before, before when we were sort of like on cruise control for a little bit, where mm -hmm. things were good. And yeah, just like regular place and just kind of cruising. Yeah, right? you okay. just, you know, yeah. you're just like traveling, chilling every yeah. single day. But when you lose it, you know, it's like when life gives you lemons, you make yeah. lemonade. lemonade. So you got to yeah. like really work hard. What to was that conversation it? like when you guys realized what happened? Uh, with uh, was it just panic or it was panic? It was well, it wasn't just like you know, it's like the day happened. We still had a lot of hope that we can work through it because mm -hmm. I mean, like, we're reasonable people, we always try to make like some sort of a repayment plan. And at a time, we were still on good terms, and then our communication kind of went down with that individual slowly. We were I getting the run around, yeah. Like, I was it, getting like around yeah. and around, and like the person who screwed us over, um. They're very well known in the real estate community, especially in Airbnb. And they were making excuses, giving us the runaround, mm -hmm. blaming us, making us, you know, just blaming you guys for what, though? Was say, saying that things like uh, they, they thought they could pay us back anytime, even though we had a contract, oh, okay. you know, just yeah, kind yeah. of manipul shady business, yeah, 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 being yeah. shady, trying to manipulate the, the, the situation and the details and all that. 
And we were being very reasonable. We're like, hey, we can work out repayment plans. We can lower the interest rates. We can, we're being very, very accommodating, yeah. right? Like giving. And trying to be as creative as possible, yeah. right? Because it's yeah. like, you got to work with a person's situation. And Willing if they don't have them, any yeah. money right now, I mean, like, they're not just magically going to get it from somewhere. So we're like, okay, how about we do this and that? And the communication slowly became very bad like to the point where i got ignored for days on end and at that point we just decided to involve like a legal counsel because i mean and at first what we else said, do you do right you know at first we said hey like if we can't resolve this then we mm-hmm. will have to yeah. uh, seek legal yeah. counsel and uh and then this person got very offended by that and said oh well you know it's a low blow you're you're uh you're saying that you're gonna get a lawyer involved blah 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 mm-hmm. and got super upset uh and then you know the the steps were that first uh the person defaulted they mm-hmm. owed the money uh on my birthday funny enough so oh, november what a, 1st what a gift eh? november 1st <laughs> almost two years ago or november 5th but uh close november 5th close, close to my birthday yeah. but uh two years ago it's been mm-hmm. and then the next thing was then the interest payments stopped after a while right so person was still paying interest for a bit and then mm-hmm. stopped paying interest so now we're not getting any interest we're not getting any principal there's just yeah. no money but so just, we're trying to mm-hmm. work out a deal and but negotiate. Maybe to answer your question, yeah. because it was kind of like a slower process, it wasn't yeah. just like immediate panic mode, no. yeah. fear, all that yeah. stuff. We were still like, yeah, we can work with them because like that individual, we were very friendly with them. Like we would go out for food, yeah. good terms, wow. message on Instagram. Like we wanted to do deals together. Like it was a very friendly relationship. Friends I, I, in common. We have lots yeah, of friends in common. Yeah, a lot of friends in common. Yeah. So there was still that like hope because, yeah. you know, you want to do business with the person. Yeah. So you obviously like kind of, you know, same values or you think think so mm-hmm. and then it just slowly kind of degrades to the point where you're just like you're just feeling okay like there's no options for me left like we we the last step is the legal step it's yeah. like you know it's like yeah. where the human communication and all that goes out of yeah. the window and that's your last and what thing. would you guys do differently i guess uh well we wouldn't we actually would not even private lend anymore and nice. if we did we would want a for a first mortgage or a second mortgage and we yes. want to make sure that there's equity in the deal um to protect our asset. But I just think that private lending from our experience is just too risky because we were successful at it for, Mm -hmm. this wasn't our first rodeo. Mm -hmm. Like we've done it a bunch of times before, never Mm -hmm. had any issues. And we were actually very, very selective about who we would lend to. We would only lend to people that we knew through our personal inner circle, who we trusted, who we knew and everything like that. Right. So So the fact that it was someone that we knew that just did this to us, it's, you know, and this person supposedly cares about their reputation and all that, but uh, their actions would prove otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's crazy. I heard this one story. um, I think it was on a podcast and it was saying like uh, there's two wolves, right? Like there's one in the dark and one in the light. Uh, Which one is more likely to survive? And uh, the answer is like the one you feed. Right. Yeah. So in this situation, like like you guys are feeding into that positive, um, like you guys are making this a positive as negative oh, yes. as it is. Yeah. You guys look like you guys are thriving from it. You guys are growing from it. Now, you now, you know, if you like your your next pitch deck as a private lender is going to have a second mortgage on it. So I yeah. think it's like yep. nothing but beneficial. You know what I mean? And I'm glad yeah. you guys are able to share that because a lot of people do like go through these experiences and these aren't the things that are that i talked about on instagram these aren't the never, things that are like never like heard of yeah we I mean? talk about the ups and the downs because yeah. we could sit here and brag all day about our all our successes and wins and everything but that doesn't really add value it doesn't really help anybody right yeah so well it could yeah you know it could we, we could share a lot of information about our strategies and things that have worked for us and all that but i think uh the real ones out there are also willing to talk about the downs right most mm-hmm. people don't want to talk I mean, about failures that. stick better in your head right like you hear yeah, oh i heard that couple 100%. lost like so much money doing private lending on the promissory note maybe we should 
you know, refine our criteria who we're lending to, maybe that business is not for me, or maybe I do have a risk appetite for that if I'm getting enough interest. So, you know, there's a, I feel like that story or the lesson is a lot stronger Mm because it's a failure lesson, not a, you know, like, oh, hey, like I made so much money. I'm so I don't rich. even like, I don't even like the word failure. I think everything yeah. is uh, it's a challenging situation. It's a lesson. Exactly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can really you can learn so much from it. Right. So do you think uh, you'll ever private lend in the future? Or is it done at this point? Um, We're open to it. But again, we would probably want like at least a second mortgage, preferably mm-hmm. a first mortgage, mm-hmm. um, just because we would want to secure our investment. Mm-hmm. And I think what we would do differently is um lend smaller amounts of money mm-hmm. and spread it out instead of having such large amounts with one person with one yeah. person on yeah. one deal so yeah. before you mentioned that this was a loss off private lending what was the other one uh the first five was it private lending uh, so private lending for both yeah okay. so six hundred thousand okay. with the one person that we're actually in the legal proceedings right mm-hmm. now like it's in courts as we speak uh, and then the other person uh, was also private lending, uh, 500000 so a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Um, and g- great terms, great communication, still very hopeful. This person actually has equity, so we're, we're hopeful that we can at least recoup our yeah. investment. Uh, while the first guy is just proving to be a bit of a phony, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. yeah. But again, you know, to keep things positive, like we, we are very, uh, very motivated to you know, to overcome this and to work harder than ever before. And uh, yeah, I think in a weird way, it's like if something like this didn't happen, that we wouldn't be as motivated as we are today. And, uh, as, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're still doing fine, right? Like so we, we still have quite a bit of success, quite a bit of money, all that. Yeah, like, you know, sure. not, not to, not yeah, yeah, not no, to no. or anything. Yeah, still flowers. We're not it's ruined, awesome, right? Man. So, yeah. 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 And since we're yeah. on the topic on real estate, uh, do you guys, uh, can you guys talk about your real estate investment, the one you have in London? Like uh, yeah. how yeah. do you guys find that deal and how, how did that go? Oh my God, it's it's the best deal. And it's all thanks to the realtor who helped us, Paula, if you're watching. Yeah, she's amazing. Tartan development. Yeah. Yeah, she was at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She has the whole yeah, yeah. Julie, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes, 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 yes. She's amazing yeah. as a she person, as a professional. Yeah. Um, so we bought it what like three four years ago it was a single family house one and a half stories and um when we were talking to paul she's like yeah guys like you know you can actually convert it into duplex we just did like some measurements during the showing she was like yeah i think you can work we got it ready for christmas uh the lady the seller was very motivated to sell it so we got a great deal we got it at a discount we got amazing construction people who just did it you know like very good job like you know no complaints there and we converted it into a site like side split yeah side split mm-hmm. duplex mm-hmm. and uh for the longest time i was thinking oh i'm gonna put it on a long-term rental but then hearing all these stories with ltb and things like that i'm like okay i'm gonna go the airbnb route because at least i can control who is living in my house yeah. um i can control when they're living in my house what if one day you know i decide to visit or whatever it's a lot of control um so since then we've been cash flowing consistently even during the slow seasons which i'm super happy about um I kind of figured out the whole system right now. Of course, at first it was, you know, a bit of a scrambling. Oh, like we forgot to put in that item or yeah. this item and the cleaner and all that like pieces. But right now we have a good system. So I'm very happy. And are you guys managing that property yourselves right now? Or? Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's that's one thing. It's like that that's one piece I don't really like because it's mm-hmm. a lot of um, customer service related things. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's like they message you at any hour of the day. Doesn't matter if you're on vacation or not. You still yeah have to be a good host yeah. which i really care for and i don't want people to be uncomfortable if it's you know if it's like an easy fix or something like that so would you outsource it at this point 
because it's only two units i don't see like a financial value of outsourcing mm -hmm. it if once i expand to maybe four units or something i can definitely justify hiring like a virtual assistant yeah. Um, yeah. and not doing it myself sense. as much it was a really good deal for us the house because we got it for about 385 and mm -hmm. i think it's worth around like seven hundred thousand now awesome. and we yeah. only put um maybe 100k into renovations yep and then um we, we refinanced did refinanced it, it and yeah. pulled out all the equity so we have zero dollars nice. in the house nice. and, and it's cash, flow. uh, cash flowing two thousand a month so Ooh. the problem though is is that in uh, well in canada but specifically in london it's really hard to expand so mm -hmm. it, it you know it's our primary residence like we can't we can't expand we can yeah. they, they yeah. don't allow Not you to london. have more yeah. more properties so we can't really expand in London. We would have to buy them elsewhere. And then if you have a property manager, they would be jumping around different yeah. cities. Like it's, they could do it remotely or virtually or whatever, but yeah. it's a little bit tougher. Um, so that's why we're really looking at expanding more in the U.S. for that reason, specifically Florida. Yeah, you were saying you might be moving out to the U.S. Like what state and what made yeah. you want to leave Canada or think about leaving Canada? Yeah, so we're looking at Florida. Um, I was interested in Richmond, Virginia, because I have a, a band member who's also our manager. He lives out there and... Richmond seems to be really nice and all that, but the taxes are higher. Uh, real estate investing is not quite as alluring. Um, mm -hmm. But Florida seems to make a lot of sense. We have a lot of friends out there. Mm -hmm. cool. yeah. um, For me, it's the weather. I grew up weather. in Siberia, <laughs> then yeah. I moved to yeah. Canada. Trust Sib me, the oh. next yeah, cold, the next right? place Siberia I'm going to move, it's going to be warm. Yeah. Like I'm not doing We're in Florida, cold. though. Have you guys thought that? Um, we're looking at West Palm Beach um, or Hollywood. Yeah. like so east coast yeah. east coast yeah. a little like bit north north, of miami. north of miami for sure yeah um for me like the music industry is more in tampa yeah so, so i have interest in yeah. tampa yeah. we like orlando as well uh we have a lot of friends in naples i believe naples yeah naples yeah, yeah. and uh, do you want to like, invest out there as well like yes. it's also yes. like so yeah. it's an, like a real estate play kind of in a way yes yes okay. absolutely Would you guys would you guys clear everything that you have in Canada and just put put it all in the U.S.? Or? Potentially. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm open to that. Potentially. Because yeah. um, if somebody decides they don't want to pay rent in Canada, it could take uh, 18 months to evict them, maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the U.S., it's a lot quicker. And I mean, it's not that we're even thinking about evictions, but it's more about investing and protecting our capital, protecting our investment. And having control over your asset, right? Because yeah. yeah. in Canada, unfortunately, with the current situation, it's like hard to control how your property is being used. Like if it's, you know, dilapidated or something like that and you can't really do, you know, any renovations, things like that, right? And it's like you can't evict the tenants. There's a lot of red tape. It's very a hard to get permits. Too, and um, yeah, so there's a lot more strategies, a lot more things that we can do within the U.S., uh, on the real estate side of things and then obviously for me the music industry is all in the u.s so that that makes a lot more sense for me as well 100 yeah so, so um are your band members in canada though some are in the u.s some are in canada oh, okay and then when you guys meet ups like when you guys perform and stuff or? yeah we meet up when we have a, a tour or yeah that's okay, about it awesome and when was your last tour um this would have been like last year yeah oh cool in the summer but um mostly this year it's been a release cycle we've been working on music videos mm -hmm. so we've been filming so we've been meeting up for the for the music videos yeah. and flying some of the and are, are you filming up. like using your stuff like your production yeah so i'm actually producing shooting uh i'm in the videos as well <laughs> everything bro. And, <laughs> and then uh, i have been hiring a crew though so i've been hiring a director and uh, a cinematographer and he's also been doing editing because I don't like editing. Oh, yeah. That's probably the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking over to the crew here. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. Are you like yeah. meticulous with your vision? Like, are you the one who's telling them how to edit it? or you let yeah. It's a collaboration. Of... Okay. Yeah, so it's a collaboration. We, do you we find it hard together. to let, let, let go of the project and let them do it? or? 
Um, you know, yes and no, because I think it's very meticulous work and the details do really matter. Um, and it's just very visual, right? So, you know, every frame, every set of set piece, all of like every detail matters in film, even more so than music, I'll admit. Mm-hmm. Um, like with music, it can be a bit, bit more raw or a bit more natural or whatever. But with film, it's like you're, you're so used to seeing this quality on, on obviously movies, Netflix, yeah. TV and all that. So... So there is kind of a standard. The bar is set so high, right? Yeah. Yeah. How's that feeling when everyone's sitting down watching it for the full time? Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's great. I mean, I, I love it. And it's the, the feedback has been awesome. Like we've had a video come out a couple of days ago and it was shared by a, a very well-known band actually by a, a band called Born of Osiris. And they have uh, 700,000 followers on Facebook. They have Thanks. millions of streams on YouTube uh, and on Spotify. So how'd you feel? Yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> awesome. And like, yeah. Okay. It feels like it's just so much work, so hard work, time, money, effort, all of that went into it. And to, to finally see it finally release and see the light of day and all that, it's, it's honestly, it's kind of like a weight lifted off because it's yeah. just at this point, just waiting for it to, to, to be done to or kick, to, yeah. to kick in, you know? So, yeah. yeah. That's why the production is so important, right? Because like, if it's like low quality, like shares from those big kind of like, uh, I guess bands like might be harder, right? But yeah. if, they, if, they're, if they're putting out like something that's like great production, it's easy for them to like, be mm-hmm. like, wow, this is amazing work. Like these people actually yeah. invested in themselves. Like a lot of people, this actually ties in with a lot of businesses and entrepreneurialism, all that. But a lot of people don't have the patience to do things like this because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they just want to do the work and then release it and throw it, put it out there immediately. And they don't really spend the time on the marketing plan and the strategies and all of that. So yeah. what's tour life like? Is it... Yeah, I like haven't. Everyone says it is. Yeah, I mean, I haven't done it too, too much. Usually, I'll do like a week or so at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not doing like long tours. It's it's a grind. It's pretty tough, you know. Like some, a lot of my friends' bands, they're living on the road and they're doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. see, I love it. Like, I want to do that. Yeah, I like think the for rocks Diana, are light. <laughs> yeah, for Diana, it's, uh, uh, I'm not coming on that. <laughs> yeah, it's not her thing. Have you gone to shows and stuff? Uh, I went to a few of Dexter's shows for his other bands in the past, but mm-hmm. this one is a little too heavy for me. I think yeah. I've been to only one of the concerts because I used to be the merch girl, you know? It's like, yeah, you always okay. need a merch person. Uh, so I used to come to every single show for his other bands because it was a little bit more palatable. It was like more clean singing, you know, something I can listen to. And now it's like, death metal. Yeah. So- it's an outlet. <laughs> so is your music yeah. taste different than I assume? Uh, us too? Yeah. Very yes, much so, yeah. Very much so. <laughs> She's more into like pop and EDM and I'm more okay. into like heavier extreme music and all that um but it, like i was saying it's an outlet right yeah, so the, you know the music might be very angry but then when you meet the individuals they're actually like they're really like the chill. they're like you're the nicest guy ever <laughs> well yeah i was so surprised because like do. you would look at those metal heads all the time it's like beard tattoos you know it's like <laughs> grumpy looking dudes and it's like you know and they're like the the nicest the gentlest yeah. people it's like they're, they're nice just people like, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're so... <laughs> the way i describe metal heads is that they're really nice until someone like messes with them so then the bear comes out yeah 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 you know like music seems to be your outlet which is amazing because i feel like everyone needs one what yeah. would you say is your outlet like from all this Work. entrepreneurial money stuff? Work. money that's a good team right there but it's a like, good thing to be passionate about you yeah. right <laughs> i mean like not everybody says that but it's like i am very much driven by financial rewards mm-hmm. and I'm, i feel like a lot of people are they just don't outright say that like yeah. i love making money i like figuring out ways to make money especially and you know spending like, it and <laughs> i'm actually super go. frugal i'm yeah, actually I'm very frugal it's like i'm always like yeah. you know maybe even penny pinching sometimes but it's like always trying to find that new ways okay like i've done like options trading and do your bb like you know just like whatever flips all that stuff right lending it's like always kind of finding that way and it's like almost like a monopoly game it's like how'd you, you know? get into options 
um same way like i was just like researching stuff online okay. came on youtube and i was like oh options trading sounds great everybody started doing it about like maybe three years yeah, ago it was like yeah. a big thing yeah. I'm like, you know what? Like, I have a bit of a financial background. I could totally do it. So I signed up for the course and it's like, I never lost money on options trading. Damn. Like, I kind of yeah. slowed down on it right now. <laughs> just, I don't know, just a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. I don't really have yeah. the, you know, the motivation and the time to actually look at it. But it's like, I've made some really good money with options trading. Our, um, so We have a yeah. very good chartered accountant who's 60, he's in his six, early 60s, I believe. Yeah. And he was looking at our numbers. He's like, I've never seen anyone win every wow. single time. Like, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> happen but uh that it was only stock option trading and then we did get assigned a few times yeah we yeah. got assigned facebook twice and apple once and what we did is we just held on and yeah. we just waited Ooh. and then uh and now i think we're up like 60k or so like it's gone yeah. up quite a bit what's so your guys' amazing. biggest win would you guys share that that was probably, yeah, it, probably getting assigned. That, like, it's funny because when we're when we're holding it. when we're selling when we're selling puts, we're getting paid regardless. Yeah, yeah. And and the the times that we got assigned, it was a bit of a bummer. And then we doubled down down and we got assigned again. That was a bit of a bummer. But then just holding on to it, that's that was our and biggest it win because so it, it kept growing. Yeah. Could you, could you explain so what uh, getting assigned means for those who don't know? So uh, I mean, this is more her wheelhouse, but I'll try to explain it. Uh, the idea is that you're selling a put. <laughs> And uh, you're agreeing to buy a stock if it dips down to a certain number. So you get paid regardless of if it dips down or not, right? But if it does dip down, then you can get assigned and then you're forced to buy, to buy 100 shares, shares oh. right? And you might not want to buy 100 shares. So there is a little bit of that risk involved. Yeah. And so the idea is that we're only putting, we're doing puts for companies we believe in, like Apple, for instance. I yeah. use their products. Yeah. I, I like the company, so... Yeah. I mean, another risk is that let's say you're going to buy a certain stock, let's say at $100 a couple of weeks from now, but it dips to $80. So technically you're buying it for more than what it's currently trading at as of that day. So that's, you know, it's a bit, you know, you're kind of feeling down. You're like, oh, like if I just like waited two weeks, I could have just bought it for 80 instead of 100. Mm -hmm. you, you get paid for that contract. Obviously that difference kind of gets decreased, but just holding it, like long-term holding it yeah. made a lot more money than any sort of trading did ever yeah. um yeah. and i mean like i only do it on about five companies i know a lot okay. of people just do like you know all sorts of stuff like gamestop and you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. i don't do that Shorting. stuff i don't have yeah, trust. i don't have enough um you know strength in me to see my account dip it's like i only my worst case scenario is that i buy stock that i like and yeah. that's my worst case scenario and i'm happy with that decision so that's yeah. kind of my whole thing yeah. on that and we never, uh, we never actually bought into crypto. Um, nothing against it. Like a lot of mm -hmm. our friends are very successful at crypto and they have mm -hmm. done very well and all that. But uh, yeah, there was there was a time where we were very this interested. We were so close to putting in a whole FOMO? bunch of money. With and FOMO. well, no, we it was almost like dipping, dipping, yeah. dipping. And I'm yeah, like, we almost I'm bought into it and then it crashed right after. So we were, we were glad that it oh, didn't. Yeah. But um, I'm predicting. Well, I mean, I'm not. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but it, it seems like it's dipping pretty low, and and a lot of people are predicting that it might actually shoot back up. So considering we've never been exposed to the market, we've never bought crypto at all. You're debating. It, it might seem like a good time to me to buy. Please keep an eye out. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know? And like yeah. it's kind of like had its run where it went up and down and that's going back mm -hmm. up. Like, you know what I mean? So it it's might like, go it, back up. It that's what the same the bull run is going to happen apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially with the Bitcoin ETFs that went out. Mm -hmm. yeah. They got a big jump, so everyone's thinking it's going to be another bull run. But it we'll could see. be, yeah, it could yeah. be, could be. You so I mean, know. just something to monitor, and yeah. you really yeah. got to believe in what you're buying, because it's mm -hmm. like you know, just like hearing everybody, oh my god, I'm invested into like whatever Bitcoin or something like that. It, it might not be for you. Like yeah. if you if you don't know what you're really buying, it's like just you know, remember uh, what was it? Um, everybody was buying those like images. I forgot what it's oh, called. Yeah. Oh yeah, NFTs. NFTs. Yeah. NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was buying. No, no, like, no. We never bought into any cryptos. At I just all. remember yeah. everybody was talking about it, like those. 
apes and whatever like yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm just like what are you guys doing like do you even understand what you buy and like it's a piece of art it's a digital art <laughs> yeah. i don't know where those people are right now it's like I, yeah. I i don't hear about those anymore it's like just one of those things you know i think I like investing into physical, tangible things like mm. real estate or guitars or, you know, <laughs> things that at least they have a purpose and they, they exist. Yeah. But when it's kind of like, you know, NFTs, it's like, what am I, what am I buying? Yeah. It's like pixels. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> screenshot the picture. It's, yeah. it's not even a high bit rate. It's like, you yeah. know. Have yeah. there been any other investments you guys have thought of? At this point? Uh, well, we have a bunch of companies, don't we? We do. We all Can't keep track. That's probably the best advice is to, uh, you know, diversify and, and not yeah. not put all your eggs in one basket, I think, because, uh, yeah, you know, if you're overexposed, over leveraged in, in one area, you can take a massive, massive hit like we did. Right. So mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. the thing is, we're hopeful that at least for us, there's a chance that we can get that money back. Well, a lot of our friends who may have lost uh, a lot of money from crypto and things like that there's no recouping that money it's yeah, just they just gone, pressed or from the button stocks, and they made a wrong right? decision and so or like shorting things like that you. right so yeah. um so and that's scarier to me than you know at least we're doing things we have contracts we have lawyers mm. like all that stuff so at least there's a chance that we can recoup our investment but it was just you know in retrospect i don't think i would do it again so, so how many things do you guys have on the go right now? Oh, then? companies. Yeah. So we have our production company, which is Wavelands Media. Yeah. Uh, we're mostly doing commercial work and we're doing music videos. So that's, cool. we also do other areas uh, and all like that. Real like estate a little real bit estate, here and yeah. there. Weddings. Like we, we do other, th other things as well, but we're trying to focus. We have one brand for, uh, which is Fireside Films for music videos and Wavelands Media for commercial work and product. Oh, okay. And then, so that's one company. And then we have. The, the real, real estate, estate stuff, stuff. So and the third is the stocks. So stocks, I just hold yeah. all my stocks in the corp. Mm -hmm. So any money yeah. I make, obviously get taxed. And then the band lower. doesn't make money. Let's be real here. That's like, <laughs> yeah. no, well, yeah. that's a no, passion. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's like, right? you know. Yeah. If, well, we we do make some money, but mm. the music thing is more of a passion yeah. thing. Yeah. It's it's an outlet because yeah, beautiful. You know. Yeah, because like it's like that. expressing yourself through art. Like man, like nothing better than that. You know what I mean? Like. Well, yeah, it's uh, you create something and it's great, you know. Um, I and the other big thing for Dinah is traveling. We we do travel a lot. Oh, we I was travel gonna, I was a ask lot. About that all the time. How many how many countries have you guys been to so far? I counted recently. I don't know yeah. about Dexter because he traveled quite a bit as a child. Yeah. Like so did I. So I'm at probably around thirty right now or so. Like, yeah. I didn't just... count, but I've traveled my whole life. Mm -hmm. We, my parents were really really into traveling. They weren't into. Uh, luxury or anything like that uh, but but mm. just traveling that was where they would spend their money should I go ahead I was going to say favorite <laughs> location you guys have been to that's a hard one for me it's Thailand even I though I, I've been okay. with my family not with Dexter yeah. but that was probably one of the best experiences I had because uh, um, at a time my grandma just passed away and I was like kind of like 17 you know teenager and I was just like it was my first ever that kind of traumatizing yeah. experience and Thailand is very big on like you know meditation Buddhism it's like very spiritual country so just being there felt very healing and it's like just the whole atmosphere everybody's so happy you know it's like and, and they the have food this, is great and the food <laughs> is great yeah. Yeah. and it's like they believe in reincarnation right so mm. things like that so it was like very uh like a good soulful experience yeah, for yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was probably my best trip ever for me um it might have been holland I, I lived in holland for a year when i was uh 20 okay that was awesome i loved it there <laughs> wow yeah um but yeah we, we've been all over like i have family in spain uh in the south of spain I would go so we, we go there every year to visit them oh, yeah or sick. every other year um 
yeah, we to Bulgaria just... every year because I have my grandma there. I love Bulgaria. Like, yeah. Yeah, Bulgaria. It's like, oh, it's amazing. Honestly, really nice. it's a hidden gem yeah. of Europe. Not a lot of people talk about like the Eastern Europe part that everybody's like, oh, Spain, France, Italy, like the yeah, top yeah, three yeah. Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then nobody goes further than that. So it's like Bulgaria cheap excellent beaches same ones you would probably get in all those other places mm -hmm. great food and just the service is excellent as well amazing. yeah and how has traveling changed your mindset or like your approach on business or like the diff thinking differently uh well yeah so i find traveling to be very uh inspirational because you break mm -hmm. up the monotony um you know i think if you're doing the same routine and the same thing every day it could be good for some aspects of life but then um it's less inspiring i find mm -hmm. right and yeah so just changing it up, changing your environment, seeing different countries, different cultures. Uh, you know, that's that's been really important for us. So that's something that's like like you guys continue to do, like like just travel every year. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Multiple often? times. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's sick. That's How really often cool. do you guys travel? Like what three, four times a year? Yeah, something yeah. like that. We go to Mexico every year. We uh, go to Istanbul very often because it's usually a connecting flight, so we make a yeah, trip yeah. out of it's it. It's usually pretty lengthy um, trips. It's like about a month each. Well, yeah, Mexico is like all-inclusive, like one week type thing, but European trips yeah. are like a month at least. And are you guys able to operate your businesses when you guys are out of the country? Yeah, a lot of it is remote. remote work, yeah. And a lot of mm -hmm. times I bring uh, like my laptop and my guitar, all that stuff. And, uh, I'm also a recording engineer, so I can do like producing and mixing, yeah, yeah. all that stuff, mastering. Um, but yeah, that's really the big thing. Um, like we're really into food. And foodies. Yeah, we're into foodies <laughs> and we love traveling. I have family in France as well. Uh, I have family in England. Um, yeah, it's, it's just traveling so important so to like us. It's like feeding the soul, you know. It's yeah. like you go to yeah. a different culture, it's like, oh my goodness. What's like the best food? <laughs> what do you say what is our probably japanese food yeah. is our favorite yeah really? second would probably be indian i'm really? like really oh, into that yeah. yeah for me it'd be second favorite might be mexican i think or uh, mexican i don't know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all or, great yeah. When I'm on my honeymoon to Mexico, I ate so many tacos. All the, the fresh yeah. guacamole, oh too. It's just like, best. yeah, it's different. And like, I feel like when you go to a different country, it's like, and when you go intently to think about business, it's like you just naturally, I don't know, it just comes to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what it is, but just being somewhere else, you know what I mean? Like you said, it might just be the fact that you're out of like your norm. Yeah. But I found that a lot with myself. Yeah. You have to get out of your comfort zone too, I find, you know, like um, just seeing like rural places uh making connections making friends in other countries especially mm -hmm. it's so you're out of your comfort zone you don't know anybody it's mm -hmm. it's just so different that um you have to uh um you kind of put yourself in a different uh mindset right yeah. which helps a lot is there another target country you guys want to go to for sure that you haven't been to japan, 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 japan. Yeah. Oh, you haven't been there yet we have not no, been there no, yet. yet oh wow no. the country of perfection they say really yeah everything's perfected there it's like is there a very hard working there yeah like, yeah and wait, that fl that flight's probably so long. I think. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, man. that'd yeah. be like, yeah, pretty long. Yeah. I think you would have to fly from like Vancouver actually, because oh, backwards you know, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 and the jet lag yeah. too. Oh, well, goodness. so that was the big thing for us is that uh, when we had corporate jobs, we could never get time off because of seniority and things Worst like that. Thing. And it's you know, if I was able to take this week off, it wouldn't line up with her, and vice versa. So it was so hard for us to plan vacations. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, so quitting our jobs was like, all right, now we can actually go and travel for a month. Or we, we traveled can, so yeah. much yeah. the first year. Like, I think we were traveling every other month. I think half so. of the year we were Yeah, we were like vacation. gone, yeah. yeah. We were just like one country after another, that's after crazy. another, after another. Yeah. So that's why, you know, that's why we should tour with my band, right? Like, that's... <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> you know? yeah, 100%. I support oh that God, idea. Like so I'm really, I'm really creative <laughs> with, uh, so growing up, I loved snowboarding. So mm -hmm. I would teach and I would travel 
And so, so, you know, cause it's very expensive to snowboard, but then if you're getting paid to do, and I used to do competitions and all that stuff. So that's the thing. It's like, I love traveling. So why not get paid while I'm traveling? Yeah. So that kind of would, would fall in line with the, the whole touring aspect. It seems right? like you guys don't like believe in a limit. You know no, what I mean? Like, like, uh, in anything you guys do, you guys talking like, you know, everything's possible. Like, I guess, does that just come from being together and like finding that from like the support with one another or? Yeah, I think we're both very passionate. We're both very strong personalities too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it's all about the lifestyle for us. You it's know, it's like brand, it's, yeah. at the end of the day, like what what do you really want to do in life? Like, what experiences do you want to have? What are you gonna remember at the end of the day, right? And it's like if I'm staying in my corporate job and just like, what am I gonna remember? Like having a fight with my project manager, or am I gonna remember, oh, that trip we took in Bahamas with like our friend, or you know, things like that? It's like th- those are the experiences you really live for. Yeah. So it's all about the lifestyle, like creating mm-hmm. that perfect set. Like, what is important to you? Like, for example, working out in the morning is important to me. I like sleeping in. You can't do that in a corporate job. You have to wake up early. But for me, it's like, you know, I can't function properly. So I got to create my whole routine around, you know, what makes me feel good while making money. So Yeah, Yeah, I think a lot of limitations are instilled upon us through the system at such an early age and all that. And it's it's the parents, the teachers, the, you know, the whole system. Everyone's just like telling you, oh, you have to do this. You have to live by these rules. You have to do, you know, do things a certain way. And I've always challenged those limitations. I always wanted to do things, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a fighter, right? Like I, I kind of go against the grain. If some rebel. people are doing one thing, <laughs> I'm doing the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, and I've always been like that. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah. that that's really, I, it's it's really important to me and hopefully it inspires others. Yeah. What would be your, your at least a couple pieces of, of advice for someone who's like stuck in a corporate job and like, not wanting to take that risk and like what would you be your advice if they do take that risk you know i would first ask yourself do you love it right because there's people who love their jobs mm-hmm. and they're so happy to be there and that's awesome awesome but but really ask yourself that question right like really evaluate it and kind of look at your day-to-day and you know kind of think is this really what you want to be doing right because for, for some people yes but for others for i i would i'd be willing to bet for most people they would rather do something else right yeah, they yeah. do something that they love or do something creative or do something mm-hmm. artistic or whatever, you know, like for her, it's, you know, it's more, I guess, uh, money making. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to put it bluntly, yes, you know, you can make a lot more money if you start a company, if you develop a business, than mm-hmm. you can working a well, nine to five job. in, you know, in the majority of scenarios, because let's say you climb the ladder and you're making like 300,000 a year. Let's say half of that's going to taxes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe less, maybe a little bit less, but like in Canada anyway, you're paying a lot of money for taxes. But if you're doing something for, uh, for your own company and you have an incorporation, then you're on a lower tax bracket. So even that right there is is usually That's worth a it. Win right there. Yeah. It is. I would maybe ask them from like a rational standpoint, like the emotional. Let's say they hate it, right? Like they're just like miserable and stuff. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? Like, are you going to be homeless? Like, do you think you're not going to make any money? Do you think your family is not there for you? Like, what's the absolute worst that's going to happen to you? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, they're not going to be homeless and they're not going to starve. So they're a worst case scenario out of the window, yeah. right? Jeez. And especially majority yeah. of the times, people who hate corporate jobs, they probably have some sort of a passion project or a hobby and stuff like that. They, they know exactly what would make them happy because they can ask themselves, it's like, okay, what would make me happy now? Okay, like having a bowl of ice cream. Okay, cool. I'm on the beach. That would make me happy or like whatever, playing guitar. So it's like they can kind of elaborate on that, right? And just like ask themselves, like write down all the worst case scenarios 
and really ask yourself like is that really gonna happen with you chances are not yeah, uh yeah. so at that point it's like okay then you develop a plan how to get there so you really calculate what your monthly expenses would look like let's say this is how much on rent this is how much on food i love traveling so that's obviously gonna go up because mm -hmm. like in my corporate job i can only travel two weeks but i want to travel six months yeah. so okay can i travel on points perhaps maybe i should get some credit cards like you figure out the ways to kind of work it backwards you establish you know the number and then you figure out okay how much do i have in savings okay maybe not enough okay what can i do to boost that up perhaps it's changing your job to maybe a commission-based job perhaps it's picking up a side hustle perhaps it's doing some side hustle some side business or something like mm -hmm. that and then you kind of work backwards right and then it's really just about okay like the emotional we figure it out like you hate your job cool you want to quit okay like that's the easy part like how do i get there like step-by-step -step plan and figuring out those kind of like you know those yes pros and cons type things i used to do that i literally when i was about to quit my job i picked up an a4 list and just draw down pros and cons of me quitting my job and the biggest pros was like i'll be happy I'll be happy, yeah. I can pursue my dreams and I can live the life that I want to live and not the one that everybody tells me I should be living. And as an entrepreneur, how do you uh, motivate yourself? Because like, there's no one there going to be poking you and being like, you got to get this task yeah. done, you know? That's a great question. It's tough sometimes, but I feel like it's all about breaking down your goals into tiny little tasks. And I feel like as long as you perform on those tasks per day, you kind of feel accomplished. So for instance, let's say our goal as a company grow to like, let's say a million dollars of revenue. So what does that mean? okay we gotta pick up let's say 100 clients for whatever hundred thousand dollars whatever whatever the math is okay so how do i do 100 clients a year okay like i divided by 12 this is how much clients okay what do i need to do to get this number let's say it's like 10 clients a month what do i need to get to 10 clients a month okay i gotta attend three networking events can i meet people there yes i have to cold call okay cool here's the list i have to cold email and you just break it down into such tiny little tasks per day as you're breaking it down, you insert the things that are also important to you because you don't want to just, you know, you quit your job, you're starting a company. You don't want to just like work, work, work. You're going to like, you know, you're going to get very tired, fatigued, and you might even lose the passion for that business because mm -hmm. you just feel like, man, I just had a corporate job. Why did I quit it? Mm -hmm. So you just basically insert things in there that are very important to you. Like, for example, exercising, like, right, like that could be one. Okay, I also want to take a day off to spend with my husband. Okay, so you just kind of work out your schedule. And as long as you're kind of performing those tasks, and at the end of the day, you feel like, okay, so did I make those 10 calls? Did I send that two emails or whatever that was? Okay, I did. So I'm kind of progressing towards that, you know, towards yeah. that end goal of a million dollars, let's say, mm -hmm. for the company. For me, uh, what motivates me is to help others and to provide value. Uh, because I think the biggest problem is a lot of people are too comfortable and they don't mm -hmm. want to get outside of the comfort zone. And I think that being too comfortable is actually selfish in a way, because um, if you're willing to get out of your comfort zone and help others, uh, add value, essentially you can grow companies, you can make more money, and then you can also create more opportunities for other people around you as well. So I've, I've gotten a lot of uh, a lot of opportunities for a lot of my friends. I've gotten a lot of people into film, into other creative avenues, um, because I was doing things not just for myself, for, for other people as well. And, you know, when you're successful, you can start a company, you can also employ a lot of people. So you're helping the community, you're helping growing uh, a healthy environment for a lot of people, right? So um, that to me is very, very positive and powerful. So yeah, it's pretty much yeah. just like taking action. Right? It's also fear is such a factor. Like, you know, when I'll speak for myself, when I was younger, I was so afraid of like 
what if I do this or what if the whatever, you know, you're, you're kind of like it's all this fear is instilled in you. Uh, but if you can overcome that, right, that's where confidence comes in. You can overcome fear. Uh, then then you can uh, you can gain a lot of traction, a lot of success very quickly, I think. And yeah. to add to that, in reality, people don't really care. It's like I always uh, yeah. tell Dexter, for example, we go to these all-inclusives and there's always a disco every single night. And Dexter's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to dance. Like, I feel kind of awkward about it. I'm like, Dex, in reality, when people are on the dance floor, what are they thinking about? Oh, do I look stupid right now? They're thinking about themselves. They're not even looking who is mm -hmm. around them. It's dark. Like, nobody cares. And that's like that in life. I think it's nobody... also about comments. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's ignore a... all the noise is what I say, yeah. right? Yeah. Because you get all the naysayers. You get all the negative people. You get all of that just ignore it all do things for you know essentially do things because you want to do them right yeah. so uh but yeah that's a very good question because it's so hard to be motivated a lot of people struggle with motivation um it, it's it's not an easy question yeah and you know i think that um routines do help with motivation you know you get up what was that saying you're like there was someone who said he wakes up and he gets to work. Oh yeah, Alex Hermosi. Yeah, cool. okay, yeah. cool. I That's keep... like a whole other <laughs> topic. Awesome. Yeah. It's like but those morning routines. Just yeah, because like, oh, it pro it's so easy to procrastinate. There's <laughs> yeah. so many distractions. You know, like I, I spent years when I was younger playing video games, things like that. There's tons of distractions, but yeah, the whole thing it's just the grind. You wake up, you get to work, you stay motivated, but you do things that you love, right? Yeah. That's kind of it's funny. Point. It's kind of like that yeah. that old school mentality yeah like just like grab the hammer and get to work yeah, yeah. 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 Same thing yeah. With your get out of bed just yeah. get out of bed get to <laughs> just work just go get it yeah, yeah you know yeah. but it, it's tough it takes a lot of confidence in yourself and your belief like you know a lot of a, well i myself struggled with imposter syndrome when i was younger because i'm like am i good enough you know and then people are going to criticize people are going to be negative people are, are not going to like this or that could be related to music or to business or to other things and you just have to ignore all the noise like literally just do things for yourself, learn from your mistakes, keep working at it, practice, you know, practice doesn't make perfect, but practice helps towards yeah. uh, to get you there. improvements, mm -hmm. right? And, and like I, on that note, like I used to like, like having imposter syndrome true, right? But then like it's uh, some, some guy told me, it's like when you focus on like gratitude, you kind of eliminate every other noise. Like yeah. you can't, mm -hmm. you can't be like, like anxious and grateful you can't be like yeah like sad and grateful like grateful just kind of eliminates any other feeling right yeah. so like keeping that in in touch as well is super important also to diana's point it's selfish to assume that people care that much yeah because yeah. everyone's everyone's yeah. living their everyone's living their own perception and everyone has the blinders on and all that so you yeah. know you, you can just instead of assuming that everyone cares just focus on what you need to do and that's that's the best approach yeah. i think i like yeah. that point that was good have you guys figured out what your why is at this point the why um it's really I, I liked what you said as well it's lifestyle brand for us we we really care about our friends and our family and mm -hmm. uh, um it's it's about just doing what creating, you want yeah community it's like, like yeah. how amazing is that to wake up and you just like you have a whole day to do all your favorite things that's a you know, dream i have know? an example so i think uh, i know i keep bringing it back to music but i think music is that's your passion though it's so therapeutic right so i think if you're if you're feeling depressed or down or upset or angry any emotion whatsoever there's a music out there that can fix that uh <laughs> you know it, it well it can help with that obviously right and <laughs> it's also about spreading joy um like i've put out music and i've had people write me directly and say hey you know like i was feeling really suicidal and your music helped me to not kill myself right and i was like i there's nothing more i can ask for than have my music change someone in a positive way or inspire someone or motivate someone you know like maybe someone would say hey you know like you're so good at what you do it's inspired me to pick it up and to learn and to do it myself yeah. the same reason why i'm a teacher like i taught snowboarding and guitar for many many years 
and uh, seeing the progress, seeing people going from absolute beginner, never done this before, to uh, joining bands, playing shows, like, you know, putting music out there, recording and all that. It's it's amazing to see the progress in other people, you know? Yeah. It's, Do it's you feel awesome. like, a, like, a, yeah. like a black sheep in the in the music industry, in the in the heavy metal industry? Like, you're an investor too. You have all these businesses going on. Or is that, like, something that's, like, part of the community? Yes, 100%. So the music industry is extremely liberal. Um, and I don't think they take too kindly to uh, money people because <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all about you know the art and you know I do it because of the art and because of music and all that but I'm also a business person as yeah, well yeah. Uh, and you know I I partially retract that statement because I think the people who are succeeding in music are also business people yeah, or yeah. they're getting screwed by a label or or by their management yeah, or something like that so yeah <laughs> so I think the independent artists out there that are self-managed and self-employed and all that they have to be business people because yeah. they have to do every single aspect of it yeah um, but in general I think like the fan base and the the whole uh, the musical community they don't really you know, I try not to talk too much about the business yeah. stuff around them because yeah. they're more they're more into like uh, the, the peace and love and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. not really about money, right? It's a yeah. it's it is about music for that. So yeah, yeah. And that's why you've been with the band for so long. Like you said, like you guys are making money, but like it's just more of a passion driven yeah. thing. For you. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, a lot of people they uh they don't want to invest into themselves like i've mm. I've invested a lot of money into my band in order to do things like recordings mixing mastering music videos all that even like not even just the equipment but like everything about it is very very expensive um but yeah no like back to your question the, the purpose is also you know family like everything we've done it's kind of strengthened our relationship and you know i always say uh, a relationship is based on uh trust and you know we're compromise yeah it's about compromise you know and in some relationships we have to compromise a little more than others because <laughs> yeah. no, i'm just I'm, I'm just joking but we love it. yeah i love it no but yeah i think um yeah it's a journey right yeah. at the end of yeah. the day like it's it's uh, ups and downs uh, hills and valleys and all that stuff mm -hmm. and, yeah i like yeah. the abundance mindset like where like you guys are thinking of money as a tool and then it's, it's gonna keep on coming. There's yeah. no, there's no like end to it. Yeah. Keep on coming, invest in our dreams, do our passions. It's coming, it's coming. It's not like you guys are like scarce, and you guys are like, oh, we have to have this. We no. can't like yeah. buy this guitar or that. I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, like he came from uh, really humble beginnings, and he visualized a lot of his opportunities and his success. And he uh, he wrote himself a check for ten million dollars mm -hmm. that was post dated, and then he was actually able to cash himself that check no through his way. opportunities. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So. Do you believe in like the like the visualization, uh, the and and uh, manifestation and stuff like that? I do, but I think that uh, you make your own luck as well. I think you also have it has to be coupled with a lot of very hard work and motivation, and there's a lot of grind behind that. It's not just I'm gonna manifest something and it's just gonna happen, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I, I don't believe in that, but I do I do believe that you know if you put if you put out like a certain energy into the universe that you can. Uh, you can couple that with very hard work and uh, success will come, you we'll know. Back, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like people call it manifestations, like such a like, you know, fancy word for that. But in reality, just a person set a goal and they just work <laughs> backwards. Like yeah. there's no, there's no magic behind it really. It's just like a person takes. really wanted it and they just you know. worked so hard to achieve it. Like they, you know, showed up when they needed to show up. They made that call. They made that connection. They worked hard, whatever, in whatever industry they are in. It's just the goal. It's, there's not no ma magic behind that's it. True. Really. There is like some fairy dust that's put onto yeah. that yeah. word. Yeah. Well, you know, I, the, what I will say is, is that if you really believe in something and you believe it to be true and, and you're not just, you know, saying like, okay, this is going to happen. You're actually, you truthfully believe it. Then it is 
the truth in a, yeah. in a sense because you believe it like there's no one else telling you that you don't believe that thing right yeah. so and yeah. uh, you guys both uh, mentioned fitness like you said you you, you put down your morning routine sometimes and then you this said you got a per- you, you got, got a personal trainer yeah, yeah, that's sick. yeah you so, said you got so. a personal trainer and you want to get yeah. into it explain you why how you got it eh? yeah like why'd well, you do that you guys are gonna laugh yeah so never laugh we'll never laugh <laughs> yeah well first of all it's like the cliche like new year's resolution like everybody gets a gym membership first yeah. you know but <laughs> the difference is that uh we were already working out from home for like a long time before then so i was like all right we're just upping the weight that's yeah. it you know but uh, the routine was already there all of that but the way i approached it i went to the gym and i became friends with the owner i became friends with the head trainer and uh, i said hey you know i can do content for you guys so i can do uh, photos and videos and uh, in exchange we're doing uh free memberships for both of us and then we're doing um free personal training sessions well not free like we're just trading yeah, services yeah, yeah, trading. Yeah. and uh and they're doing a really interesting program which uh yeah. it, it has bio what, yeah so they're basically testing your genetics on different Genetic like vitamins testing, yeah. like mm-hmm. what you're prone to having little off mm-hmm. or too much off it's like a whole thing and yeah. based on that they'll come up with a nutrition plan for you as well as a workout plan for you so it's like a very holistic approach they're doing and it it's with tailored um, to you they're nice. doing it with the university of toronto so mm-hmm. it's uh there's actual um science and there's it. an there's actual doctor and testing yeah there's actual stuff. doctors involved and there's a very advanced machinery uh very futuristic stuff and uh they can they can do these tests that have to do with uh nutrition and allergies people might not know that they have and it has to do with lectins which is like a pretty new thing so they're, they're discovering that a lot of foods uh have lectins that cr- cause your body to attack itself and yeah. it's not something that you notice right away it's something that's a slow gradual thing over a long long period of is time is this similar to gary brecca what he's been doing with like uh he essentially tests you figures out how long you'll live and then yes like, yes yes, yes. Right? yeah yeah so he could similar, tell you yeah. it's actually freaky he could tell you like the exact when you'll day die, right die. yeah damn uh, you guys then, have done these tests already well, we're about to we're do about it. to yeah oh. we're we're, oh. we're uh this is awesome. we're gonna be documenting what. the journey yeah. but we're also test subjects for the program oh that's sick. so we're getting and they're paying it's like thousands of dollars yeah they're paying, yeah, they're yeah. paying yeah. for everything for us and then all we're doing is yeah we're doing the photos and videos and all crazy and you know i'm trying i'm actually uh so i'm working with a filmmaker matt hamilton who's won yeah. a lot of awards and all that so i'm moving a little more into documentary filmmaking Pitch it to space. Netflix. Pitch it to Netflix yeah so we can sure. talk to netflix we might even want to uh yeah so anyway so uh with this program that guy he could tell the exact day that yeah. someone will die but then if that person then starts cutting out certain foods and things like that then they can also uh change, change their, their path have you guys started already like the yeah uh well so because the like i mentioned the owner of the gym he read a book called the plant paradox okay. and he's very passionate about this book so we've had meetings where he told us all about it and so we've already started cutting out certain foods and um yeah, it's really like lectins is a new thing. It's the idea is that certain plants don't want to be eaten. So if an animal eats that plant, yeah. they'll be like, I'm not going to eat that anymore because yeah. I got sick or whatever. But with humans, it's like we don't really notice it. But over a long period of time, it's creating um, autoimmune deficiencies. Uh, and so the belief, I forget the doctor's name, but the belief is that a lot of autoimmune diseases can be cured, not treated, cured entirely, mm-hmm. yeah. right? By so, simply not eating certain something? things yes. that are not good for you specifically. Yeah. Like it doesn't mean like, oh, everybody's like, okay, you're not supposed to eat oatmeal. Like yeah. that might yeah. work for you, yeah. might not work for another person. So doing the genetic testing is yeah. like telling you specifically. Have you guys found out what you guys can't eat yet? Or? Well, no, there, there's a, uh, so the doctor yeah. does have like a do's and don'ts list and there's a lot of foods that contain lectins and those mm-hmm. foods that don't mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's been really uh kind of this is sick yeah, yeah. It's, it's really it's crazy interesting how stuff. it's like um 
like the human body is so different each and every one of yeah. us that we each yeah. have a different yeah. like subjective needs and like um they said that the best medicine for everyone would be a pill of exercise yeah like mm-hmm. if everyone oh, I thought you said ecstasy for some <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah let's go that probably help <laughs> that probably help <laughs> right. no, no like, like make everyone happy <laughs> like exercise like imagine you could put like an hour workout into a pill and yeah. yeah people would be addicted to it because they're like, oh, yes. so is that coupled with physical activity as well yeah well you know th- i've been doing a lot of filmmaking for like the biggest guys in the gym i've made a lot of friends there they're they're, cool. they're all you know they're competitive they do body bodybuilding competitively and they do shows and everything like that and now i'm doing all the content for them so they're super passionate about like health fitness diet like that's their daily grind like every yeah. single day that's all they do right? do you find you're learning a lot being around these oh guys? yeah well my so the thing is i've had trainers that are like not so good but the reason why my trainer right now is so good is because he's the manager he's the he's the head trainer like he's the one the most knowledgeable the one teaching everybody else everything and also the main thing is he cares like he's there he wants to be there like he's fired up and all that like i've had so many trainers there was just like punching the clock and just a job yeah i want my paycheck i'm out yeah Yeah. they're they're kind of like yeah so anyway this guy is awesome but this is yeah this has been like i'm you know, I'm very keen on, I'm, I'm a beginner, but I'm, you know, we're doing, we're, we're going to stick to it. Yeah. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm hooked. It. I'm hooked. I'm Good. there every day. You know, Good like man. we're, we're really going to, you know, next year on the, on the podcast, I don't know if my head's going to fit through the door. Right? <laughs> oh, I love it. We're going to come here. We're going to have to get them on the couch or something. <laughs> we're going to have to switch spots. Yeah, literally <laughs> too big for the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, what are some of your big goals for this year or the next couple of years? Like some things that you guys are going to attack. Yeah. Breaking the mold. You know, that's really, we want to, we want to push, uh, boundaries. Mm-hmm. We want to expand. We want to grow like that whole, I know I've brought this up a couple of times with being complacent for a little while. It's, you know, we were, there was a, there was a good period of time where we were just getting like 30, 50 K every month, just passive income. And like the thing with passing, we're not lifting a finger. We're literally just collecting money and it, yeah. it, it was great. And we're like, we, we can just travel, do whatever we want, but that's kind of like the wrong attitude because you want to be prepared for the ups and the downs. You want to be, you know, I, I think before we were more focused on passive income. Now we're more focused on, on active. active. Income. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So developing companies, mm-hmm. hiring employees. Uh, yeah, that's Well, we're restructuring awesome. our production company yeah. now to maybe make it more tailored towards like a marketing agency mm-hmm. uh, approach. Yeah, we're working with multiple mm-hmm. marketing agencies. Um, the filmmaker that I work with, he's won many awards. Some of his videos had over 20 million views on YouTube. Wow. He's done documentaries. He works with massive brands and everything. And we've just, we've just partnered up. So now the two of that's us are sick. working together. Yeah. He's been doing it way longer than me. And the idea is that maybe we could even do a documentary about uh, about the the financial situation, like the money that we lost, and we can do a you know when the time is right, we can name names and uh, do an expose mm-hmm. and uh, pitch it to Netflix. So that's kind of the idea that you know if if you're watching, you know we got yeah. eyes, we got eyes on you, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You know? yeah. so yeah. would you say that's like the the number one th- focus, maybe like for the next like? Well, you know, I, I I will admit, right? So there was about a year of like depression and hardship and all that, mm-hmm. and then a lot of that turned into anger, which. You know, I think anger is healthier because it, it kind of, at least if I'm mad, I'm like, let's go, let's get it. You know, yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm really grinding, I'm motivating. It's it's a very motivating factor to be angry, right? So yeah. it's not, maybe not the health, I don't recommend it for everyone. Don't, yeah. don't yeah. go around and be angry or anything like that. <laughs> but, but if you can, you know, if you can channel it for something positive, then, 100%. then I think that is a very motivating yeah. factor. I read yeah. a book by Patrick Bet David and it was like, choose your enemies wisely, which is like, it's actually yeah. like a, a benefit to have an enemy, like not trying to be mm. negative. I've heard that is, as well. There is benefit in that. You know what I mean? Some people go out of their way to find an enemy to make an enemy because that's what gives them the drive and the motivation 
to uh, to go out and get it. Like I have kind of weird feelings about that because like you know it, anyway, it's like I didn't choose this this situation. This yeah. this is something that just got put on us that yeah. we we never asked for, right? But the outcome is is that we can turn that 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 rage not to get like like i guess (laughs) not to get too religious here but it's funny because i just reshared something and it said like god will put a goliath in front of you to take out your inner david yeah i mean like because david was supposed to lose that fight against goliath and then he he won as like a small guy compared to a giant you know what i mean so it's like sometimes these big things come your way but just so like you can see who you really are and and what you Mm -hmm. can really overcome you know what i mean yeah well for me it's really about integrity right because like we've always done everything by the books we've always been good to everyone we've never ripped anybody off like and you know we're gonna maintain that integrity we're gonna keep uh being decent people and good people and really caring about uh people in our circle and people you know who is associate with and all of that and i think that eventually the scumbags out there they're going to lose eventually because yeah. they're going to slip up they're going to piss off the wrong person like whatever right like and you it's know it's a good lesson to everybody whoever yeah. is thinking of partnering up on like a jv or like a business it's not just about what that person done in terms of proof of concept what deals they've done and all that stuff make sure your ethics align make sure your values align because for me personally i can't sleep at night if i owe a dollar to a person for somebody they might owe millions of dollars and sleep like a baby so just make sure that that mm-hmm. piece like the lifestyle piece like they're like same as yours yeah yeah that's important and i think that's mm-hmm. honestly one of the most valuable lessons and i love how you guys are very transparent about it yeah. and like, like i said like i talking to you guys it's like you guys are glowing you know you guys yeah. are succeeding from it it's not like it put you down into a, a pit you know what I mean? Like you guys, are, okay, let's we're gonna do Almost this. We're gonna go to the you, states. We're like, like, it really it did put us into a pit. But yeah. the thing is, mm-hmm. to be able to climb out of that out pit, of it's really the 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 win. Yeah, in, end, right. In a way, you guys don't look like it ever happened to you. Yeah, guys. like yeah. you guys just Straight like up. radiate this energy of like hustle. Yeah. Like we got this kind of thing. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So yeah. like when you guys share this story, it's actually remarkable because like to see people that have come this far that have such a bad outcome. It's honestly, it's crazy. And a couple too. Like that's yeah. real like strength so in strength. unity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. especially in a world now, it's like, it's hard to like, to go through something hard with someone, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like that, that's yes. important. You see a lot of relationships crumble when there's, uh, Any when there's a uh, hardship. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So being able to overcome it together has been really good for us. For it's sure. not easy. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like everybody gets like down days and stuff like that. And just being there for each other. It's, it's tough because like, you know, your cup is empty, but somebody else is also empty. So what do you do? You guys are both drained about the whole situation and just realizing that you're in the same boat and you can go through it together and it's going to be fine on the other end. And sometimes you have excellent days where you're just like, okay, this was nothing like, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's like, we had months of that. Like I personally struggled with like months of, I don't want to call it depression, but I was just in the very low point, just like not willing to do anything. Just okay. Like I must stop really big. I blamed myself. I still do certain parts because i mean you gotta be accountable right mm-hmm. it's like i chose to do that action i chose that person. extreme ownership extreme ownership <laughs> yeah yeah well sometimes it can backfire right because it's like yeah. it could be a good thing in certain circumstances it could be a very demoralizing thing and it's just like seeing dexter during that time because it's like if i was like in my head like more like self-blame and he was more like anger but that that anger produced results and he was like no i'm gonna produce an album i'm gonna do this i'm gonna start a band i'm gonna and i'm like what am i sitting here doing nothing you like I, outlet, basically. Yeah. I'm the like, most I, fire music came out right, literally yeah. Oh, yeah no i think i wrote like uh i developed a new project we wrote like 15 songs in a month yeah which was cool. crazy. yeah which yeah. was crazy did you have a song last... dedicated to that and it, it was a very angry project <laughs> i'll admit that it's, yeah. it's something uh we don't really have a name yet or anything like that but it's going to be uh 
more marketable, but also heavier. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 Did you have a song that you dedicated to that loss in any way where you got like you let all your emotions out? N well, you know, so not really. Like uh -huh. for me, it's more the music side. Mm -hmm. I don't really do the lyrics or the, the I leave that to the vocalist usually. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's going to be more, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be more personal to the singer. Yeah. 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 Poor guitar. Awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Poor guitar. Right? Poor guitar. Yeah. No, but I love that. Like, um, like I said, like you guys are definitely out of that pit, it seems like. And like, um, you guys have one another and, and I love your whole story. Same, and um, is there anything you guys would like to, I guess, promote or share with our audience that yeah. you would like them to focus on? Like album, any of your businesses sure, right? or album or... Well, yeah, like uh, I think I mentioned this earlier, not in the uh, interview, but um, I've been doing a lot of work with Sheet Happens Music Publishing, and I really wanted to give a shout out to those guys because that was uh, that changed my life. That was the best opportunity I've ever had in my entire life. Um, they're a publication that does uh, tab books, so which is a form of sheet music for guitar players, and they work with all my favorite bands, like all the touring bands. And uh, I do a lot of their film work, so I do um, their content uh, such as interviews, um, we do uh, master classes, riff breakdowns, and the idea is that when the bands are coming through town, they come into the headquarters, and then I get to work with I get to work with some of my favorite artists of all time. Meet them too. That's and it's been yeah, hanging out, meeting them, and it's really um, uh, such a such a positive, awesome environment. And that all came from a Facebook post too. So wow. the power of social social media. That's crazy. I had a Facebook post. Um, where it was promoting uh, local businesses, entrepreneurs, and things like that, and just saying, hey, you know, if you're a local businessman, entrepreneur, share this post. And uh, and yeah, that actually got a lot of people reach out to me. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And what mm -hmm. about yourself? Would you like to share anything on your end? or? Well, we have a video production company, obviously. Yeah. So if anybody is looking for sort of... We'll add uh, all the tags and stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. So anybody looking for like some video content, things like that, we could do that. I just got my real estate license. So if anybody is looking to buy a property, I'm here. If somebody just wants to chat just about business or whatever, I'm also here. Or <laughs> if somebody is going through the same kind of circumstance and situation where it involves, you know, like a downfall or whatever and like needs a little bit pick-me-up moment... I'm also here, so awesome. <laughs> kind of, kind of going through it. Yeah. Um, you know. I, I'll also show my friend Sean because he's been a uh, really helpful. Um, he's uh, Sean Ingham. Um, but yeah, he he told us something that you know, hey, you know, people have started with less, right? So even though we took that hit, being able to to ramp up and all that, that's been great. Um, yeah, just be grateful for awesome what you now. have, right? It's like there's a lot of people out there who are in a way worse position than you. And any fall that you have, take it as a lesson, take it as a motivator to actually succeed. And the one thing is, like, you can have all the money in the world, but if you have no skills, and if you lose all that money, you can <laughs> recoup it. But if you have the skills, you have the knowledge, you can, can make, make it, it time and time again, yeah. no matter what happens to you. And you get better at it because now your whole uh, condition and how you evaluate a deal change drastically. So you're probably not going to make the same mistake again. Yeah. No, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we can wrap it up awesome. there. Thank you guys uh, so much for taking the time and sitting with us. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast and you guys 100%. will be at a whole different level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you so much for having Thanks us. Thanks for having of us. Course. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, peace. <laughs> <laughs>